This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Lay all the way down. Maybe unzip my dress. Turn that light off. Okay. And we go to sleep. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good morning. This is my favorite murder mini-sode. We're Karen and Georgia. That's right. That's one of us. Uh-huh. And the other one is the other one. Mm-hmm. And welcome. <laughs> I was just, I was listening. Is that you having more energy? Uh-huh. I was listening to our, our podcast on the whatever, just like, just to, you know check and i was like oh my god i just drone on and on and on and i kind of have vocal fry and so now i'm gonna talk about murder like this uh well then i quit (laughs) (laughs) i mean please no you know no one wants that i know no one wants i know um vocal fry is the future yeah uh all right well this is the episode where we read you your hometown murders because we have one billion of them Mm mm-hmm and we want to hear them all. Steven picks them now. It's part of his job. That's right. That we haven't paid him for yet. That's right. Uh, We're very busy eating bonbons with the uh, slippers with fuzzy stuff on the top of them. Question. Yes. Are bon- I've never known this. Bonbons are like ice cream things, right? No, bon- they- well, the way I mean it is bonbons are like candy. Like They're any like, kind um, of. Almost like truffles. Yes. But okay. I think any kind. Okay. It's whatever you imagine, like Turkish delight. Like whatever uh, I imagine the Golden Girls eating, kind of. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that's all I've known. But I've never had someone go, here's a bonbon. Right. Because I think it's like um, from like it, 40s fiction, basically. And it's I think it's stopped in the 80s. So as a child, I remember it. Anyways. Well, but there is, I think there's a brand of ice cream circle things that are bonbons. But I don't know. It's just a general. I'm thinking of statement. like Blanche Dubois, definitely style up on the bed eating candy. Definitely, I don't is, think she would. Okay, anyways, what I was just gonna. I can't see her. I can't see her eating ice cream in that heat of New Orleans. So I'm gonna guess that it's not ice cream. True, because it would melt so fast. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to make. This is the sense. way we're gonna figure things out. <laughs> What's wrong with my brain? It's just like here. I need the weird details. I love it. Um. No, I think that's what it's all about. Okay. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, let's see. The lighting is so hilariously oh 70s God. in here. I, we're in a room with like burgundy c- curtains and uh, uh, amber lighting. We're at the Feral Audio Studios and they made a room to like for people to podcast in. And it reminds me of like where Vincent Price would live or something. Yeah, this is straight up steakhouse cosplay. Yeah. It's <laughs> totally like who needs beans. <laughs> Okay, ready? I have a <clears throat> baked potato or mashed potatoes? <laughs> Twice baked. Twice baked or carrot. <laughs> okay, I, l- I literally have to like lean the paper because I can't see. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Hi. 
This is titled The Butt Slasher. Great. Hi. Two exclamation points. You all are the best. See, that's from before your vocal criticism. Right, you're right. Um, Looking at you, Elvis. Oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've told my friends and coworkers about MFM. I keep I keep recommending your podcast to a lot of strangers at bars. So there's that. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for that brave, brave work. My story is not a murder that I know of, but it's a really fucked up crime. That's good. Great. In the strangest way, which just makes it so interesting. I grew up in the burbs of Washington, D.C., and not much happens there here. Back in 2011, I was in college, but I remember hearing reports that nine women had come mm. forward and had unexplained slashes on their butts mm. with matching cuts in the back of their pants Ouch. after going shopping. It turns out that all these women had been at various stores when a strange man, quote unquote, accidentally <gasps> dropped some clothes nearby no. and the women would try to help him pick no. up the clothes. Never help a fucking grown man do anything. <laughs> In a clothes time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when they bent over, he would cut their butt with a box cutter. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's horrible. It's, it's such a weird fetish. It's so bizarre. And it's so... It's, okay. a, it's a very what the fuck and we can laugh because no one got killed well and also because they wouldn't even notice until uh either they went home this is the rest oh, of the email oh because they didn't cut okay yes it wasn't like a stab slash it was like it says but the women wouldn't really notice what was going on until they either got home or went to a changing room because they assumed <gasps> the cut was just a sharp hanger poking them oh my god so they dubbed this man the butt slasher I mean, how did they think of it? You think he was mad when he was like, no, that's not what I want my name. Like, it's such a I dumb name. I wanted to be the White Eagle. <laughs> yeah. Butt Slasher isn't, it's not that cool. No, he stopped after that. It's not great for jail. <laughs> um, so they dubbed this man the Butt Slasher. This is not a joke and started suggesting women do basically, oh, su- suggesting women to basically keep track of their asses when they were at shopping malls. Really? Always keep track of your asses. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a, that should be a given. If you don't do that, Please start. Yeah. And now this person says in parentheses, really? How is this okay? How does one yeah. even do that? Um, like as if those women like weren't keeping track of their butt, like those lazy butt women. I guess the late, you know what it is? Lazy butt women just have both of your hands on your own ass at all times. <laughs> and then men won't, they won't be able to assault you. That's, yeah. Stop asking for it by just having an ass in the world. <laughs> Um, all right. I was 19 at the time, but so my parents refused to let me go outside without super. Oh, 19, she said? <laughs> Holy shit, honey, you got some overprotective parents. <laughs> I was, that's the best sentence I've ever read. I was 19 at the time, so my parents refused to let me go out without supervision. That's, well, that, there's so many problems with that. Yeah. If you were 11, that would be okay. It's so good. Um, all of Northern Virginia. Well, I bet because he was into like young women, doing oh, it to okay. young women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so funny. Still, yeah. Um, all of Northern Virginia was on high alert about the butt slasher when they finally uh, they finally got security footage of him <gasps> in the summer and started to hone in on him. So he fled his home country of Peru. Oh, sorry, he fled to his home country. <laughs> got it. Of Peru, when Virginia police finally ID'd the guy, it went international, and Interpol found <gasps> him at a mall in Peru, probably trying to yeah. slash more butts. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to stop. At that point, uh-uh. it took a year, but he finally was sent back to Virginia where he's serving a seven year prison sentence. It was originally 20 years, but of course they reduced it. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. I'm really emotionally invested at this point. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That was, I love the reason for not getting murdered. Is yeah. 
<laughs> I am too, Alex. So that was a lighthearted. I mean, listen, those girls have horrific PTSD and they have to go to therapy. But or, or do they if they didn't even know it happened? And then it's then it's just like a weird feeling. A but it's not like, yeah. yeah, it's that thing of like this fucking world. As it's opposed all, yeah, it's to also like, like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Yeah, what is truly it like you basically just brushed up against one of the many pervs in this world right. and get your pants cut as proof. And but he happened to have some sort of razor blade in his hand instead of that part is a bummer. Yeah, okay. I'm sure they're dealing with it. Listen in their way. Um, okay. Wait, did you, sorry, did you hear about the guy in Portland who was cutting women's ponytails off on the bus? No. <laughs> Recently? Yes. Well, he, they just caught him, but he was doing it, I think he started two or three years ago, but my friend Jason Lopez lives in Portland, and he just sends me updates every time there's an update about the haircut, the haircut guy. Oh my God. Just, I, he was doing something else too, but now I can't remember what it is, but basically cutting women's hair. Ew. Yeah. What a creep. I mean... Back to front, you got you got to be aware. Hand of one your hand whole in your area. hair, one hand over your ponytail. Put it up in a tight bun. Tight bun. Hold that, mm -hmm. and then just sit on your arm and cover your butt. Cover your ass. Yeah, great. What Perfect. a world. What a great world we live in. What a world. <laughs> okay, this one is called "My Best Friend's Mother's Murder." Oh, hi there, lovely ladies. Oh, hi. Hi. Um. Okay. I uh, I have a hometown murder. I grew up in Dundalk, Minnesota. MD? Yeah, um, Maryland? Maryland! No, no, no. Yes, MD? Because it's from Baltimore, Maryland. Fuck! Yeah. We started, I really don't want, that's really embarrassing because we were just there. Oh, the, it's that, and that's the theme of these? Mm -hmm. Hey, look, you're, you're a human being. Steven, stop writing. She's not going to let me cut it out. <laughs> I Fair demand enough. that you keep it in. Okay. I don't give a shit. We can take it out. You know what? What? I grew up in Dundalk, <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> A suburb right side of Baltimore City. Oh, I should have read the rest of that uh, line. Yet. Um, and so you should do that forward scanning speed reading thing. I don't know what you, you mean. Just planning, I think they call oh, it. Oh, that's right. No, 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 no. Not you. Total mistake. <laughs> and so, Stephen, from now on, if you're going to if you're going to have one of these with this uh, abbreviation of the state, can you write it out? Please. Thanks. <laughs> um, Could you do some Cliff's notes at the front of the emails yeah. like a shortened version of the emails so we know what's happening can you do basic shit that i should have learned in third grade will you record this podcast for us <laughs> he's like yes please <laughs> uh, in september of 1989 i was in fourth grade and had a best friend named tanya we were both around eight or nine years old and we would spend lots of time together including sleepovers so our families got to know each other fairly well i didn't know very many details at the time but apparently her parents were going through a pretty messy divorce uh oh yeah terry uh, Tanya's mother, who was only 27 years old at the time, moved out of her, moved out into her own apartment. And from what I gather, the parents shared custody of the three kids, all girls. The apartment that Terry lived in was directly across the street from the restaurant where she worked at as a waitress. Tanya, the oldest, was being dropped off after a bowling trip by her uncle, and Terry should have just gotten off her shift at the restaurant. Tanya walked in to find her mother naked and stabbed to death oh, in their apartment, in the apartment. The two other girls were spared the sight as they were spending the night with another family member. Thank fucking God. Oh, honey. Ugh. Family and friends always suspected that Tanya's father murdered Terry, but no one has ever officially been named as a suspect by the PD, despite the fact that the murder weapon, a knife, was found in a nearby dumpster. 28 years have passed, which is longer than Terry uh, Shemansky was even alive, and, this, and still the case remains unsolved. 
So that's all for now. I have to admit, I don't take all your advice, and I've been hiking in the woods alone frequently lately, so I'm a pretty tough cookie, although I've been carrying a knife with me just in case. There you go. <laughs> so far, I've managed to stay sexy and not get murdered. Bye, Mel C. Keep it up, Mel. I kind of... I know that they always think it's the hot, like they're divorcing that, but like stabbed to death and naked, and you work across the street at the restaurant. So the per- so some guy has a crush on you that goes there all the time and sees exactly where you go into your home. Yep, and knows when you're there and when you're not right. there. Sees yeah. you leave work, knows you're in that home. Yes, and then rape, like I'm assuming sexually assaulting and stabbing, isn't doesn't sound very like ex husband mo. Yeah, what is the ex husband mo shooting? I think strangling, Ugh. strangling or stabbing, but I don't think the naked, but at the same time, I have no idea what their relationship was like so, yeah, or yeah. if he was abusive or whatever, but it's just such like, I feel like all bets are off when it's like a kid finds them. It's just the worst. Uh, their kid finds them like what? It's so awful. So awful. It's just the worst. And I, yeah, I, I feel like also her dad wouldn't let her, her, his kid find her. Yes. He knew that the next person that was going to be there was his daughter. I feel like in all those 2020s that we've watched when it is the husband, that's exactly right. They do it separately. They, Cause they're such we- weirdo. Like they can separate it all where like they send the kids away and then yeah. do something. Or to like mother. she never, she didn't show up to work the next morning. So they sent someone over to check on her. Not that like, I know my kids going over there after. Yeah. I mean, that's practice. Who's that helping or hurt? I mean, who's that hurting or like, what, that's not revenge. That's just destroying a child. Oh my God. Everything about horrible, this is terrible. Horrible. Okay. You go. Okay. <clears throat> Should I read the butt slasher again? <laughs> okay. Yes. This one is hometown murder, the machete wielding taxi driver. Ooh. I would like to start this by saying that if this is not the email for the MFM podcast, then I apologize and hope you don't read the rest of it. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, hello, Karen and Georgia. My name is Allison. Oh, she says her last name and says how to pronounce it. No. Okay. And I heard my, <laughs> that's just for us. And I heard about my favorite murder through the cracked podcast. Hi, Jack O'Brien. We love you. Hi, guys. Um, and have been obsessed ever since. I have something that's less of a hometown murder and more of a hometown weird-ass thing. Mm. We like these. I like this, Stephen. Um, I live in Sterling, Virginia, 30 minutes from Washington, D.C., and as expected of a northern Virginia suburb, nothing exciting really happens except for one thing that happened when I was 11 or 12. This man, I can't find his name anywhere, uh, was staying with his mom in the next street over from us, and since he wasn't from the area and his mom couldn't drive, he called a taxi. Once he was picked up by the driver, again, can't find a name, they drove for about five minutes until the driver pulled into a hiking trail close to the neighborhood and pulled out a goddamn machete, saying saying for him to give him his shoes and all his money, saying for the passenger to give the taxi driver his shoes and all his money. The passenger escaped through the window and ran to a house three doors down from us. Uh, who called the police. Meanwhile, the taxi driver sped off, but since there are only one and a half ways to get out of the neighborhood <laughs> and uh, one is a bike trail, he had very few ways to escape. So the police looked for him for a few hours, which scared the fuck out of us. I have a very clear mental picture of three officers in full armor, <gasps> one holding a big-ass gun as they walked past our house. Oh my God. Dark only for the helicopter lights. Wow. Uh, and after At about midnight, they cornered him in a nearby golf course. Somehow he had gotten onto the course in his taxi. What? <laughs> How did that happen? Is this a Will Ferrell movie? 
Um, and they arrested him. Needless to say, my sisters and I had a story to tell at school the next day that not a single person believed. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you, Allison. <laughs> Stay sexy, don't get murdered, Allison. That's so funny. Allison, now you have a bunch of people who not only believe you, but support you. Yeah, we want to believe. We do. Um, should I play my uncle? I think I teased it a couple of weeks ago. My uncle's... Yeah, do it. He re- yeah, okay. So my uncle's a, a pretty funny guy, um, and his name's Gene. And let me put this on to the speaker thing. That guy has to go Look blue. You. Yeah. Ask me anything. Okay. Uh, don't go blue, <laughs> Karen. Okay. All right. So let's do it from here. Okay. So I was living in Japan, and there was this group called Am Shinryo, and they were a cult group that decided, what the hell, they're going to gas 60 people in Tokyo, and that's what they did, killed 60 people with uh, sarin, ga- sarin gas, I think it is. Unbeknown to me, about six months later, I was leaving for Los Angeles, and I always would lease my place in Tokyo for three months, and uh, one day, Five people came. Four were expatriates. One was a Japanese guy. He stayed behind, pulled out money and said, I'll take it right now. And I rented it to him. When I came back three year, three months later, the police picked me up outside of the university I was teaching. And they took me down the hill for about three hours and drove around Tokyo. And... Uh, kept on asking me, do you know this guy? He went by an alias name. So I said, no, no, I didn't know him. Finally, they showed me the picture of him, and I go, yeah, he rented my place for three months <laughs> during the summer. And he turns out to be one of the uh, top people that they were looking for at the time. And his picture, dressed as a woman, was in all the subways. So that's why I didn't recognize him. But after they harassed me, and they kept on harassing me, um, that was when I walked into the subway, I go, hey, there's, I forgot his name, there's, and it wasn't his name, I'm sure, Uh, there was um, um, uh, Satoshi Inoue, and he was dressed as a woman, and I recognized the face. I don't know if they ever found him again, but the police kept on harassing me. They would walk by my place when I would come out uh, in the morning to go to school. They stopped me one time uh, in the train station nearby where I lived for no reason at all. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. That's the basic story. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that okay? But no, that's great. Because that's the guy, you've seen that picture yeah heard me um when you first told me this i thought it was that main guy that's like looks like a cartoon from Mm -hmm. mad magazine of like a crazy cult leader with the long hair (laughs) yeah um but i know the picture of that guy because they tried to pin it on a woman oh right that the the actual sarin gas bombing like the person i think that either left it there or like was you know, in the subway that day that was dressed as a woman. Okay. And this is the one where they put it in like balloons in backpacks and then they stabbed it with, they had like umbrellas, right? 
I think so. And There's a they, great last podcast on the left about it. It's yeah. like a f- probably three or four parter that's amazing yeah, about I saw that a whole documentary cult. about it too. It was just like how they did it. It was so interesting. It's so crazy, but there was like hundreds of people got sick. Like sixty people 60 died. died. It's ho- horrible. Horrible. Also, that's so funny that it's just like yeah, you just so, somehow now you're involved in this high level yeah. crime because you rented your apartment. Yeah, it makes sense. You, they gave you cash and you didn't ask questions. Hell, that's he the lived dream. In your house for three months yeah and you're an expat too that's oh, you're hilarious fucked. yeah that's so funny i mean what if it turns out that he did have something to do with it wouldn't that be funny but, and he's like just trying to set up an alibi uh-huh. on this podcast yeah, was, i respect it no yeah, you gotta do <laughs> uncle gene you gotta do what you gotta so, do i'm turning state's evidence is all i'm saying <laughs> i don't know that I don't, that doesn't apply um but if it does you'll have the perfect outfit for that courtroom <laughs> Don't you think? I see a, like something with a bow tie, a bow at the neck. Oh, like a pussy bow? <laughs> yes, Melania. <laughs> yes, girl. Do you want to read one more? Should should that be that? How many? How much time, Stephen? Uh, we've been going for twenty minutes. Five more. Five more. Do one more, Karen. All right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Arson, poison, and how I used to be babysat by a murderer. Yay, that sounds like a book. Like a, yeah. Yeah, the new one by James Patterson. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those James Patterson commercials where he's doing the commercial for his own book? No. It's really something to behold. <laughs> if you get a chance, they're usually 15 seconds long. Usually he's wearing sunglasses oh in his own commercial. <laughs> It's hilarious. Buy my book? Buy my book. And like he's talking about the lead character like it's someone everyone knows. Like it's like Hannibal Lecter's at it again, but it's some character you've never heard of. Commercials for books don't really make any sense to me, but I feel like Dianetics. It's the, it's a lot. I feel like that level of James Patterson style, level writer, like you're a billionaire. You've been doing it for 90 years. Everybody reads your books at the airport. Like you, you get, you're, you're beyond literature. Yeah. Now you're like a TV. Anyhow, let's go. Any, anyhow, anyhow. Hi, George and Karen. Here is my hometown murder story. When when my sister and I were very young and living in Baltimore, we had a friend named Barb. Not her real name, but obviously, I'm referencing everyone's hero, Barb from Stranger Things. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Fake name Barb from Stranger Things. Her mother would babysit us occasionally. We would love to go over to Barb's house because her father was a groundskeeper at the golf course that they lived on. Wow. Um, Another golf course. Yeah. That's what Baltimore's all about, I hear. It's real good golf. (laughs) Uh, We would play on the greens. When we were about five years old, around 94 to 95, Barbara and her family moved away and we didn't hear anything about them from them afterwards. Fast forward a couple of years later, when our dad tells us that Barb's father had died, why he thought it was a good idea to tell a 12-year-old that, I'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, a couple of years after they moved, Barb's parents went to a Valentine's murder mystery weekend. No. (laughs) Sorry. Did he die in a murder murder mystery weekend? This is the best. I don't care what happens after this. I know. The fact that this is how it's starting. Sorry, I'm like actually kind of crying laughing. Okay. E- uh, event at a bed and breakfast on the eastern shore of Maryland. Wow. After the murder mystery performance, <clears throat> they went back to their room. During the night, she went from the, to the front desk and told them that their room was on fire and what? her husband was in there and to please call 911. Oh my God. Her story... Uh, was that she, it, her story that she told the police was that during the theatrical dinner, her husband had gotten very drunk. After they went back to the room, she claimed he started a fight with her, so she left and drove around for a couple of hours. Uh, when she returned, 
Um, their room was on fire and she feared the worst. That's when she went to the front desk. Mm. She claimed that he would smoke cigars often and that probably that's what had started the fire. During the course of the investigation, witnesses reported that he had only, he only had one beer at dinner and was in a fine mood. Whoa. His blood work came back without any alcohol. <gasps> and in talking to his family, they claimed that he never smoked a day in his life. What? More investigating revealed that she had been very disgruntled with their marriage for years and had been trying to solicit coworkers to kill him. What? <laughs> and she hey. would split his $250,000 life insurance hey, policy. Susan in, uh, Susan in, uh, human finance. resources. Human resources. <laughs> Quick question. Uh huh. Do you know anyone who can kill my husband? Um, Shoot. Like, can I ask my cousin? I'll call you tomorrow. Great. Okay. Um, we'll talk about it in the kitchen in front of three other people. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what really happened that, oh, so what really happened that night? There's a question mark at the end that mm-hmm. I didn't see till the, just the 11th hour. So what really happened that night? Mm. Sometime after they returned to their room after the performance, she managed to inject him with a paralytic. <gasps> She was a nurse and had access. Oh, man. And then set the bed on fire. What the fuck? That's fucked up. So wait, is he aware of what's going on and he's just paralyzed? Sounds like it. Uh, effect no. That's fucked up. Okay. Uh, she got a pretty long prison sentence because, duh, she fucking better have. And as far as I know, is still there. That poor guy. I believe Barb went to live with her grandparents after everything happened. And I still think about her sometimes, especially since listening to your podcast. I think the creepiest part for my sister and I is that this woman who, again, set her husband on fire, used to be responsible for our lives when we were tiny little four-year-olds. Love you guys, mm. Elvis and his cookies. Keep up the good work. Thanks for teaching us all how to stay sexy and not get murdered, Julia. God, that's awful. That's fucking insane. I feel like there's no, like, if you're a nurse, you could probably get poison. Like, why? The, the setting someone on fire, which I'm, I'm assuming in my mind would be one of the worst possible ways to die. I think it's up there. Yeah. And, and, if, and putting that onto someone you had children with and loved at one point. And that's just like cruel in a way that doesn't mat nothing out like that poisoning or shooting doesn't match you're exactly right because it's she's stealing the same size of a bottle whether it's a paralytic totally. or like a huge thing of demerol she just shoots him up and kills him and then it's like i don't know what happened but she wanted him to suffer that's nightmarish well it's yes yeah, i think probably she was hoping that his body would be so burned they couldn't do a toxicology report but it's like well then that case first. exactly then that case you could have done fucking poison yes but she purposely found something just to uh, just to torture him that's and I mean that's evil. That's super oh fucking my evil. God, that makes me so creeped out. Uh, How do you guys feel about it? Hey, uh, <laughs> can you read the uh, Can you read the butt slasher one more time for the third time? <laughs> guys, keep in mind there is a real fun butt slasher. Uh, uh, do you guys there. think Do you guys think your murder is better than these? Your hometown murder or your friend, family, uh, coworker murder? Then email them to us and Stephen at myfavoritemurder at gmail. Com. Also, if yours is just a um, death-free weird thing that happened in your town, we like those too. Yeah, and clearly we need at least one lighthearted one every episode. So yeah. if yours is just like, it's not that great because no one died, send it anyways. That's right. If, even if it's just some, like, I saw a weird thing on my uh, grammar school playground, I want to hear about that. And like, maybe make a little note in the subject line, lighthearted. <laughs> Steven, it's lighthearted. <laughs> so Steven knows where they are. He can go through. and A human tear with a circle and a cross through it. Or like, what are the, what's the little line emojis of a guy going, I don't know. Like the shrugging shoulders. Those handmade dude. shruggings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one of those. Oh, I guess they do have them as a circle. Do they? That's oh, not as fun. Head. That's not as fun. 
We got to see the emoji movie. That reminds me. I don't <laughs> have. I yelled at. I yelled on a sidewalk. Because you Vince saw that billboard with a billboard. Because it was a poop emoji, and I'm just like, what is this world coming to? I think the poop emoji is the star. I don't. I just yeah, we got to go as a family, the three of us. <laughs> Come on, Elvis, Mimi, live recording. We'll do. We'll pirate a recording of it. Oh my god, it's just us <laughs> screaming at the and people telling us to be quiet, and then us getting kicked out. Children crying because we're ruining their experience. Mm. Uh, well, well, thanks for listening to my favorite murder. Thank Stay you. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.